Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um... Occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Yeah, welcome into running us straight for your Wednesday, 2nd of November 2022. And we are into the business end of the Rugby League World Cup. That's been all the chat over the last couple of weeks on our dedicated Rugby League show right here on SENZ. Uh, as always, welcome your calls and your texts throughout the show today, 0800 if you want to jump on the blower, or you can give us a text on double eight double three. Lots to dissect as the pool stages are all wrapped up and the Kiwis go up against Fiji in the quarterfinal on Sunday morning New Zealand time. And for Kiwi Rugby League fans... The uh, the memory is pretty short. Only four, oh sorry, five years ago, twenty seventeen. The last time we played Fiji, that was in a quarterfinal, and you might remember the iconic scoreline, Kempi, of four points to two. Yeah, uh, no that, tries, no tries, and that uh, that game still stings somewhat. It does. And the iconic line afterwards from Sean Johnson of uh, "You's got your way." Yeah. So uh, there was a lot going on back then. Too. Oh heck yeah, the key key was the we remember. Yeah, uh, with of David Kidwell. Um, so look, hopefully a different result this time round. That's what we're hoping for, Kempi. Yeah, look, I think um, talking about those quarterfinal matchups, uh, they're pretty well much the way that we thought it would play out. Lebanon getting over Ireland quite convincingly up against Australia in the first one. You got England playing New Guinea. Um, our boys against the Fijians and then the big one for me is whether or not Tonga and Samoa turn it on because um, that's the game of the quarters mm-hmm. for, for definite, for sure, you know. So uh, I thought that, you know, especially those uh, last two, they've hit their straps right at the right end and, yeah, it looks like I'm being impressed with Samoa, you know, the way that they've come back in their last two games and, and really hit their straps. So I think that's going to be probably the game uh, this week to watch. It's on Monday Morning at three thirty. Yeah, not not the greatest viewing time, but uh, you'll probably be up then anyway, won't you, Kimpy? For well, breakfast, yeah, you'll be making able to, your I'll, coffee, mate. I'll be yeah. able to get a couple of hours in anyway. <laughs> watch it, watch it live. I might actually come into the studio and watch it. To be there honest, there you go. That's yeah, bringing your beanbag. Um, we I think we might have predicted at the beginning. We thought Samoa would beat England that first game, which would have meant it was a Tonga England um, quarter final, and those two would have met in the semi-finals. But um, I mean, what do you reckon? The winner of that probably going to play England in the semi-final. If it is Samoa, they obviously have played them already before. If it's, but do you, is there the sense that the winner of that Monday morning game is going to win the next game? Or do you think England actually really are red hot? I mean, we, we, we've said the last three weeks they really have been the team of the tournament in terms of form and, and performance. Yeah, look, I, I don't think you can write England off. I don't think you can write them off. I think, you know, you do that even when they don't have their best team. And you do that. They, they've shown before. They've come down here. We played them in '91. They came down with a second string side, and and we and they actually won the series. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, at your peril, you write England off on home soil. I think that semi final, no matter who it's between, whether it is you know England. I think the other part about it is I don't think Papua New Guinea are going to lie down. No, I, I think Papua New Guinea in that first game against Tonga should have won that game. They could have quite easily been them um, up up playing. You know, in in a different different part of the draw, but 
you know, they get a chance up against the Poms, and I, you know, I don't think they're just going to lie down. But beating England up there is going to be really, really hard. And I, and I think the the team that comes up against them in the semis has, has got a really hard job to do. And we all know that the draw has been set up for the English to get through the, to the final. Mm. Rigged. It's done on rankings, well, though, is it? it? Is it, it is. done on rankings? Well, so we play don't... Australia because we're one. Therefore, we're one. Yeah, but seriously, based on what? <laughs> based on oh, what? I know, I know. Don't, let's not get started on the rankings. Um, well, what, let's just cast our mind back just quickly to um, the Ireland game for the Kiwis on the weekend because we said that, you know, these two games, Ireland and then Fiji in the quarterfinal, are crucial for getting the combinations right, driving momentum into what we're all circled on our calendars months, months ago, Kempi, which is Australia in the semi final. So, what did you see? over the weekend against Ireland, was it enough to convince you or at least show you that with one more game under their belt this weekend, they're ready for Australia? It showed two things. One, we haven't got a goal kicker. Oh, yeah. Okay, so that's a massive issue mm-hmm. when you're getting through these rounds, especially when you come up against the tight games and and it may be two four points that split the, split the team. So all the other teams got goal kickers, we haven't. Uh, and the second thing is the importance of Jerome Hughes. Like Jerome Hughes in that game, he's not in there. Nah. They don't get that score. No. Nah. You know what I mean? So he was laying on tries. He was scoring tries. It just goes to show you the importance of having him on the side in his first game back. You know, another week against Fiji, building some um, hopefully cohesion. And they, I don't think it's going to be another 4-2 game like it was in 2017. But it just goes to show you um, how important Jerome Hughes to the team. Actually, and I'm going to throw a third one in there. Mm-hmm. I think leadership is lacking. I think really okay. good leadership is lacking. So I'm really disappointed with the game management and especially around the middle of the park, how we're chopping and changing all the time. Because I think we've got the best middle. You know, you know you've got – no one's talked about Joe Tarpany. Now, Joe Tarpany picked up the NRL front row of the year. Mm. Lay down Bazaar. Mm. You've got uh, Leota. You've got Fisher-Harris. You've got Jared Warry-Hargraves who's gone back in. You know what I mean? That's – you basically put a line through Jared anyway, so that takes care of it. But then you've got Jesse Bromwich sitting in the captain's jersey, and it's been a mismatch of trying to get who sits where. You know, so and I think that's a lack of leadership. I think I think, you know, it's holding the whole side back, not knowing who's actually going to go out there and set the plat- platform first. And we haven't seen that done in the first three rounds and and the players that are going, going to actually bring us home and keep that momentum going. Mm. Nelson Osefa Solomon has been used on the edge, you know, he just leave him in the middle. You know what I mean? Stop playing around with, with things. You've got you know, good edge players. You've got a decent um, amount of speed on the outside. But because he's mis- messing around with the middle players, for me, I think it's showing a lack of leadership. Mm. And, and I think that's why we're really suffering and we haven't got that cohesion right yet. It's interesting because the you'd think with the way that these fields are laid out, we, we've made a lot of the, you know, the size, obviously, they're narrower width-wise but also length-wise as well. You'd think that... The middle is, it always is in rugby league, the most important part, for, you know, laying a platform. But you'd think with these tighter fields, it would be, like you said, I think it's interesting they're playing Nelson and those guys on the edges. I think the middle, we need to get that sorted. 100%. And, you know, and, then, and then obviously those edges will, will follow with guys like Jerome running around the back. But yeah, I'm not sure we're getting that the middle of the park right. We're just like not every, winning the battle. Every coach has got a different philosophy, all right? But mine's really simple. They're the best two front rows in the competition, Fisher, Harris, and Leota. They ran out in the grand final. They're decent front rowers, the Parramatta boys, weren't they? Mm. Actually, they were decent front rowers, whoever they played in the semi final. Or you can argue all year, who came out on top? So when you're sitting up on the Australian side, on the other side going, well, there's Leona Fisher-Harris coming out where we know what they're going to do, it should be a really easy conversation because they are actually drilled just to lay a platform. And who was their halfback? 
like this is the thing that I'm that I'm trying to get, the, the point I'm trying to make. They had Nathan Cleary behind them playing the game of his life. Why? Because those two set they set the platform, mm. you know. And you've got uh, arguably Isaiah Yao on the back of the Penrith pack. Well, Tarpany can do that on the back of our pack. So I don't know, you know, if we think we're going to come up with some type of, and this is this is the other part, we don't play enough international football anyway, but if we think we're going to come up with some master plan to throw it out the window and, and, and bring it out in three weeks up against minnow teams to play against these better sides, it just ain't going to work. And it's, and it's shown that. And it's a real worry for me because the cohesion that, I thought we would have had better than the Australians. It's yeah. actually the other side. Yeah, we, we spoke to um, Brandy on Monday um, out, out of uh, out over in Australia, and he, I asked him about the Munster Cleary um, debate in uh, for for Aussie that they're going to, or, or sorry, Cleary Daly Cherry Evans to pair with Munster in that Aussie team, and what the, what the ideal combination is. And he said, well, actually, probably the more important combination is the one with Isaiah Yo. And that's where Cleary's got the edge because that's how they use that 13, right, as that almost third playmaker who takes the first pass and then plays off the back of him. So, yeah, I, I, I take your point. I see us using like a Joey Tarpany in that way, uh, in which case, you know, it's crucial that we get the middle sorted. So very interesting, Kempi. I'm going to talk with Madge. I spoke with him this morning. I asked him a little bit about um, how he thinks how he feels the team is tracking, whether he thinks they're in the right place heading into knockout football. So um, we will uh, hear from Madge uh, coming up very shortly. But if you've got any thoughts, you can text us on double eight double three. That's the text line. Or give us a call, 0800 150 We'd love to talk it through with you. We're getting to the business here now. I know for a lot of you who maybe have been uh, you know, watching highlights and replays, now's the time we start to wake up and and really take notice uh, the tournament getting into the into the business end. I mean, someone's already texting here saying, I'm most hyped for Tonga v Samoa, but it's at the worst time. Monday morning, 3.30 watching those all black games where we were kids on the black and white telly. That's the one, yeah. I mean, the other games are actually pretty favourable. Australia-Lebanon's 8.30 on Saturday morning. We're 8.30 on Sunday morning. Um, the England game is at 3.30, so that's not great on Sunday morning. And then, yeah, 3.30 on Monday morning for Tonga v Samoa. But, um, yeah, and then semi-finals are guaranteed to just be an absolute barn burner with New Zealand, Aussie, probably, and then either Tonga and Samoa going up against England. That, that's just going to be must-watch no matter what time of the day it is, Kempe. Um, we'll take a break. Uh, when we come back on the other side, uh, we will catch up with the Kiwis coach, Michael Maguire, out of the UK. And uh, as always, welcome any uh, feedback you've got on the text machine, double eight, double three. You're listening to Running It Straight here on SCNZ. Thanks to Gull, fueling your mission all year round. Gull, fueling your mission all year round. Just like that. Hard-hitting analysis of one of the greatest games on earth. We're talking rugby league. This is Running It Straight on SENZ. Yeah, coming up 20 past three here on SENZ, Running It Straight. Myself, Samuel, alongside Tony Kemp. And you can text through double eight double three if you want to have a say at all leading up until four o'clock. But right now, uh, it is a great privilege to welcome into the show uh, Kiwis coach Michael Maguire right at the business end of the tournament, the Rugby League World Cup. We're heading into corner finals and uh, Madge joins us on the line now. G'day, Madge. Good, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Madge, I mentioned at the top there, uh, business end of the Rugby League World Cup now. Uh, how have the preparations for you and the boys been this week? Do you feel ready for knockout footy? Yeah, we've had some um, really good uh, preparation, obviously, through our training. And you know, we've had some games there. We've learned quite a bit about ourselves and obviously the things that we want to make sure we take forward and do um, the, the final series now. So, yeah, the boys are ready. Uh, we've had one or two bumps and bruises uh, with a few of the boys with uh, a couple of niggles. So there's a few that uh, aren't available this week. But 
from next week, I should actually have everyone available. So, you know, we've got to make sure that we get through this week um, first and then move on to, to where we go next. It's sort of the weird thing about um, the Rugby League World Cup match and, and obviously from a Kiwis perspective, you know, there's other World Cups going on at the moment, the, the T20 World Cup, uh, Cricket World Cup happening over in Australia. And um, those teams had a lot of warm-up games heading into their tournaments, whereas uh, for the Kiwis, we had that one warm-up game uh, before the, a week before the tournament started. So in a way, you haven't had that lead-in, uh, perhaps like other World Cups and other sports, and those warm-up pool, uh, those pool games sort of are your warm-up games, aren't they? So are you, are you happy with where the team is at? Are we, I guess, at 100%, you know, heading into a quarterfinal and, and you know, hopefully a semifinal and a final? Yeah, I, I think you're always building in some form because of uh, the combinations you have and the, the players you have. And like you said, we haven't had a lot of games together. I mean, we did have a mid-year uh, test match, which was quite handy for us. Um, but also, too, just... Yeah, the makeup of the team. I'm very fortunate. I've got quite a number of players that um, yeah, can play in certain positions. I've got you know the front row stocks are very strong. So just trying to get that uh, spot on to where we want. But in the same time, we've had a few um, guys with a few niggles. Uh, so yeah, we've had a few guys sort of in and out in different ways. But look, to be honest, a lot of the players are playing quite similar roles. They understand their their role and. Yeah, I'm fortunate I've got some of the best rolling around in uh, rugby league. So, yeah, they know what they need to do. And yeah, now that it's in the final series, it's really starting to turn the dial up now. We saw uh, Jerome Hughes return against Ireland on the weekend, and I think that really showed us just how integral he is uh, to this Kiwis team. Just just from your point of view, how important is it going to be you know, for Jerome to, to be firing in these knockout stages and being that key link between the uh, the forwards and the backs? Uh, yeah, very important. You know, had to have one of your best spine uh, come back into your team. And, you know, the way he played, it was actually against Ireland. Uh, you know, he was, he was really good. Uh, you know, he led the team around. And just having his voice out there at training and, you know, being in charge really helps and sort of calms the group about how we want to play. So, uh, the more he's with the players, especially sort of working through this period now, is um, going to be really good for us. Something I think uh, a lot of people back here watching, uh, Madge, I'm sure it's something that you guys have talked about as a group as well. Um, one area of concern is is the goal kicking. Um, you know, we've, we've seen a lot of points left out on the park in those pool games and, and probably doesn't matter as much against lesser opposition. But now that we're coming into knockout stages where the games probably are going to be tighter, it's it's going to be a key uh, you know, to not leave those points out on the field. Is that, I guess, something that you guys have addressed, something that you've been thinking about changing up? And, and do we know who exactly is going to be taking the kicking duties throughout the uh, quarterfinals, semifinals, finals? Yeah, we do. I mean, yeah, Jordan Rapana, we did have um, yeah, Dylan Brown take a number of those kicks as well. And, yeah, we wanted to give him some experience because, um, yeah, we... I guess we don't have a identified goal kicker, which is something there that's obviously been on my mind for quite some time. Um, so, yeah, that is uh, part of what we need to make sure we, we get right over this next little period because, um, you know, going up by sixes is uh, a lot better than going up by fours, as we know. So, yeah, we, we've uh, put a bit of time into that. Um, and, you yeah, know, we need to make sure that, uh, you yeah, know, um, whether it's Jordan or whoever it may be, that, um, you yeah, know, they're, they're ready to go. Fiji on Sunday morning, morning, 8.30 New Zealand time. And Kiwi Rugby League fans will have pretty bitter memories of the last time we met Fiji back in 2017, the quarterfinal, where they lost 4-2 in Wellington. Is that something that you guys have talked about 
that game, Madge, or is it more of a case of new group, new team, and it's not something that we dwell or reflect on? Nah, we're a different group, and you know, I wasn't involved, and you know, there's a number of people that weren't involved, and I think you know, we are a different team compared to where we have been um, through all sorts of different circumstances, so we're very focused on building who we are, and the identity of this team is very strong about how they want to go about things, and uh, uh, you know, I've got a number of the younger players that weren't even around at that time, um, you know, come into the squad and now really develop who we are. So, you know, I think it's something there. It's just about looking forward and making sure that we um, play our style of how we want to go about things and, um, you know, have respect for who you're playing. Yeah, and I mean, Fiji, one of those teams, like other Minnow teams at this World Cup, with a with a sprinkling of very good NRL talent, the likes of Iliami Kikau, Picorosau, Micah Sivo. Uh, Madge, where do you want? our boys to really go at them and attack them. Where, where do you think are Fiji most vulnerable? Oh, well, every every time we play, we respect who we're playing. Um, you know, it's it doesn't matter who you are. You're playing for your country. So, you know, there's um, you know, going to be a lot of emotion and passion put into whatever performance. So, uh, yeah, we, we respect those guys that you mentioned. Uh, we do our homework on them and we make sure that um, they're a part of you know, our prep of what we need to do to, to get the results. Man, I know back here, um, almost from the start of, well, actually before the tournament started, um, you know, a lot of Kiwi rugby league fans circling that semi-final against Australia. That's, you know, sort of what we've all been gearing up to. Is that a conversation that you guys have had, um, you know, or, or is it a matter of not looking too far ahead? You're only taking it week by week. Because I imagine it's hard to, you know, keep the players focused when it all is sort of pointing to this final type game in the semi-final against Australia. Yeah, well, we're very, yeah, we're very much living in the now. Uh, that's the most important part of, yeah, and what we control. Yeah, we want to build as a team, and we want to make sure that, yeah, we're literally down to the days of just training. You know, we've got training tomorrow. The boys have had a down day today, so we're in training tomorrow. So, we want to make sure we get the best out of that and and focus on Fiji because um, the style of how we want to play has, you know, been you know, worked on and everyone understands how we want to do things. Uh, and really it's about each individual just playing their part and doing their job for each other. And, you know, realise, um, well, not so much realise, that they know that they're playing for the country. They're playing for so many people back home, um, just their families and their friends. And uh, I think for rugby league in itself, um, for New Zealand, it'd be so special that, you know, they're able to bring the cup home. So, look, they're very much in the now uh, and, look, the uh, following games become live once we get there. Something I wanted to talk to you about is just the English fields, uh, Madge. That they're a lot more compact, condensed. Um, you know those short in goals. The the stadiums are a lot closer to the ground. Sometimes the field isn't as wide, um, and as a result, I think the kicking game, uh, particularly when you compare it to the NRL, just isn't as potent. How big of an adjustment has that been for the Kiwi boys? Yeah, well, they've definitely talked about it. Obviously, you know, you've you've got um, sometimes your your ten meter to your goal line sometimes might be eight meters, and the dead ball line's about five meters, and so that they are a little different. And you know, even the widths of uh, the fields are a little different. So they've got to be aware of their kicking, uh, and it's something there that um, Jerome Dillon and Kieran Four and uh, Brandon Smith, even when he gets out of dummy half, um, yeah, they've definitely spoken about it. We've done a fair bit of work around that as well. So. Um, yeah, the boys are prepared and ready for those sorts of um, things that come on. Does it change the edge play? I guess that's the most obvious 
um, part of the game that's affected with those sort of uh, narrower fields. Um, you're still expecting the forwards to, to rumble up the middle. But I guess have you had to adjust you know, game plans accordingly to, to some of these grounds? Yeah, you do, you, I mean, you're, you're just quite tighter within your structures and how you play things because, you know, you, the opposition has still got to stop uh, the big fellas coming through the front door. So, you know, we've, we've got a team that um, has a bit of size so we can utilise that. So then it you know, pulls the defence inwards so then the edges still have their space and, yeah, we um, had a good uh, good game out against Jamaica and you know, to see someone like Dallin uh, with Tina Zalesniak flying down the sideline, side um, it was nice to see. So, you know, we've had a, quite a few of those moments, uh, even being the fields are a little bit uh, skinnier than what they normally are. Yeah, there's nothing more majestic than seeing that uh, that mullet flock of hair from Dallin with Tina Zalesniak uh, flying down the wing, Madge. Um, what, what's the most challenging part about a World Cup? Um, just from your perspective, you, you've been involved in the NRL. A lot of these players have been uh, playing in the NRL as well. What is it about a World Cup in particular that, that I guess is the most challenging? Yeah, I don't, to be honest, I don't have any challenges uh, coaching this group. They're a fantastic group. I think the biggest um, challenge or, or the conversation that we have from management is just managing their time away because there's a lot of downtime. You do have a lot of time and you, you don't have your families around, but yeah, we, we've had a bit of fun. The boys, they played golf today and uh, went 10-pin bowling. We've had, uh, you know, movie nights and various things like that just to keep things ticking away because, um, you know, they do miss home and they miss their families. And, um, you know, everyone's involved, even myself. You know, you, you're spending a lot of time away. So I think that's something there that, you know, I've spent a fair bit of time with management prior to coming over. Uh, look, we're staying in a fantastic place that looks after us really well. So, um, that'd probably be, I guess, if I was to say a challenge, um, that that's the main one. But when it comes to the footy, uh, the boys um, are well and truly tuned into what we need to do. And just finally, uh, Madge, you, you talk a lot about the culture and uh, how much these boys, how much it means to them to play for the Kiwis and put on that black jersey. Who are some of the players, some of the senior players in the team that are really leading um, that culture for you and showing what it means to, to play for the Kiwis? Yeah. Oh, look, Sam, oh, mate, they all are. I know it sounds silly, but it, it, they actually all are. Um, yeah, the senior guys, they obviously have a little bit more knowledge about you know, how um, and well, what the jersey means to them. Uh, and we've spoken about that. We've, we've definitely had players talking about, you know, what it does mean to play for New Zealand. And, you know, the stories are quite incredible. Uh, it's 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 really good to be a part of. So, yeah, that's that's a big part. Uh, you know, I mean, even someone like um, Akiran Foran, you know, he's had a journey in his life, and you know, he's here and he's been absolutely fantastic in camp. Um, you know, Jesse Bromwich, Jared, uh, but then you go down to the younger ones and James Fisher Harris and um, Joey Tarpane. Uh, you know, they've they've really become the the mainstays within what's going on in the jersey. So, uh, yeah, I, I think they all really add to um, you know what it means to for the Kiwis. Ah, that's awesome to hear, and I know a lot of the Kiwi fans back here can definitely see it on show. Uh, Madge, wish you all the best on Sunday morning against Fiji. Um, of course, get that one done. Uh, we go through a semi, probably against Australia, and it's and it's all guns blazing from there, mate. So really appreciate you taking the call uh, today for us, and, and go well this weekend. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, the boys really um, are honoured and love the support that they're getting from back home too. So, uh, you know, they, they definitely can feel that. So I really appreciate it. 
Michael Maguire, the uh, the Kiwis coach, live from the UK out of the Rugby League World Cup. Uh, if you want to react to that, you can uh, give us a call, 0800 150 or flick us a message on double eight double three. I know Kempi uh, will definitely have some thoughts. Um, we'll just quickly take some news with Johnny Mack, and then uh, we'll get to your texts and calls after this. I know you wanna go, it's a good life. DJ, Captain K, on the tunes. Oh, yeah, Out man. the booth, Kempi. Um, I love it. Keep him on. Give us a call, 0800 Flick us a message on double What do you make of the Madge interview? Kempi keeps his powder pretty dry and, uh, you know, doesn't Oh, there's of... a lot of cliches in there, you know, a lot of journalists talk, you know, not saying a hell of a lot. We're ready, we're ready, we're ready, we're ready. Of course we know you're ready because you're at the World Cup. Um, and there's a texter here that's coming. It just does not sound right listening to an Aussie coach. I actually wanted to hear a little bit more around, you know, what it what it is and what it means to these guys to play out there. Because it sounded a lot like we were going into another in, in the next week's NRL round. <laughs> Seriously, though, eh? Yeah, yeah. It did sound like that. It sounded like, we, well, we're not. We're actually representing our country. And, um, yeah, I, I, I just hope he can actually get that extra 1% or 2% out of these players. Because I read all the articles that Aussie, um, that Aussie are coming out with at the moment and what Mel's doing around, you know, when they're talking? Yeah. So I was expecting that mm. out of our side. Like Mel's saying, you know, these guys, you know, they represent their jersey. They know what the, the heritage is about. We're creating this, you know, and, and a lot of it is about what's gone in the past and what they're about to try and re, um, recreate. And they want to create something. Now... I, th- I think treating it like an NRL, you know, they know what to do, they're good players, blah, blah, blah. It's not international football. International football is something different, mm. you know, and I've been a part of it. And you, c- you can go to places where you've never been before when you're playing international football. And it's, it's like when you watch Origin, you know, who ever thought Queensland would come out and win that series this year? You know, we all wrote them off and they came out and they won it. They got them to a place where they, they wanted to go to. So, um, yeah, I think, I think we're still a little bit scratchy. Mm. To, say, to say the least, I think I'm so happy that Jerome's back playing, and I just really hope we get that 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 middle right. And in that conversation around the middle, you know, he and my if we go back and listen to that again, we've got too many middles, and he's playing around with them. We they, so they can do this role, and they know where to come in here, and you know that sort of plays into what I was saying. You you know, pick pick two pick your two best front rows, and make the other boys come behind them and say, well, you got to do what they're doing. Mm. Real simple. I think. You know, for me, Kempi, the it's not that I don't think we can do it because, of course, we can. We ha- we have one of the best sides at this competition, and we know if if we fire, we're gonna we're gonna steamroll anyone, and and we can beat Aussie in a semi final. It's just we don't have that. Co- I don't think anyone here can say that we are looking slick and at a hundred percent. And look, we've got one more game to get it right against Fiji because I think we will beat Fiji, and we've got one more game to get it right against them. But it's you know, if if this weekend it's still looking clunky and attack still isn't clicking, I think you you have to be nervous going into Australia. You know, given what they've been putting on show, you know that's a side, and and with these guys all played Origin together, but that's a side that is firing on every cylinder. You know, yeah, and it and it is. You know, combinations and that you're dead right. They've had the the luxury of playing those Origins through the middle of the year, so they'll go a long way to. You know, you're talking about. Does Yale play with Cleary at, at thirteen and seven, or do, do you stick with Daly, Cherry, Evans, and Munster? 
at at seven and six. And you know, you so if you look at if you look at the spine, you've got Yale, Cherry Evans, Tedesco, the New South Wales spine without mm-hmm. a five eight, or you or you double it up. You put um, Harry Grant, Daly, Cherry Evans, Munster. Yeah, so he's got three of the four. You know what I mean? He hasn't got the whole spine working together. And I reckon what what he'll do is he'll actually play both Cleary and Cherry Evans. I think he, I think he'll carry. Um, I'm thinking Cleary on the bench. Yeah. Okay. I think he'll carry Cleary on the bench, and then he'll just he won't he won't worry. He'll throw, you know, um, Harry Grant out there for as long as he can. You know, and if he needs to, if he needs to throw a Ruben Cotter in there just to pass the ball for, for give Harry Harry Grant and Tim a break, mate, they're that good. They they'll do that quite easily. Mm. What about the the kicking game, uh, the goal kicking for the Kiwis? What is there a solution there? How no, do you? Because there isn't. There isn't. Yeah, that's a that's a real easy one. They they should have they should have sort, sorted that out the selectors when they selected the side. You know what I mean? It's such a big boo boo. Going going into Australia, it could come down to a kick at goal, mm-hmm. you know. And and past World Cups, most semi-finals have come down to a split a split decision. You know what I mean? So um, that part of it's really disappointing. I'll give you an example too around the fields that you ask question around the fields. Aussie 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 don't like the narrow fields and they hate the the short in goals. Yes, all right. And it plays into the Kiwis' hands and it definitely plays in the Poms' hands. And that's why you've got to be really wary of them. And I remember them coming here in their hundredth Test match. New Zealand played Australia. Well, me and Ando were coaching the Kiwi teams at the side. We went to North Harbour. We shortened the field up. <laughs> so we went to North Harbour. Sneaky. Yeah. We and they didn't know. No. Nah. But you know these are the things that you do. But we we actually turned it into a pommy field and they couldn't. They had a Awesome team, Aussie, yeah. and they just like that extra meter. They lost themselves in it. Mm. You know, they lost their kicking game. We shorn it up. You know, here said it's meant to be ten meter in goal. We shorn you, in the rule book. You can shorten it. I think it was up to about seven meters. So we shortened it right up as far as we could. So it fought, followed into the rule book. Well, well there was no more repeat sets. <laughs> you know what I mean? And well, these and, are yeah. these are the things. Like when you ask that question, those are the things. Like yeah, we've talked about it, but. What we haven't seen is we haven't seen the adaptation of the game plan to make sure you suit it. Because what you do with that type of field is you play it down the middle of the park. Mm. So you make it a real you make it a real battle. And I would back us against Aussie every day in a battle. Yeah, I I think as well for the people out there that may not realise that there are small. Um, I guess changes in the field as well. Like for example, from the end goal to the ten meter line is only eight meters sometimes, and from the forty to the thirty isn't ten, it, it's seven. Me- you know, like that. Oh, depending on what 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 soccer field you're playing on, because yeah. they, they all they all, all footy fields, yeah, um, run as a football, football field mm. as well. They're five meters. Yeah. You don't you don't get a choice because the fields yeah. just aren't big enough to put a bigger end goal in there. Yeah. So you're seeing that on TV when they're sliding in the hoardings all the time. You yeah. know what I mean? They can't stretch it out any further because you're going in the back but, of the grandstand. But even outside of that, can be in the infield. You know, like I can't remember who was talking about it. Might have been one of the um, the Fox crew or one of the broadcasting crew that said. Like yeah, the distance between the thirty and the forty isn't ten meters. You no, know, it's not ten meters. It is. It's everywhere. a shorter. That's right. It's a shorter field. The shorter in goals and they're narrower fields. Yeah, and they feel more compact because you know football grounds they have the stadium right up right against the sideline and the yeah. crowd. You know, that's a, that's that's why you don't write the English off. They're used to it. They're used to playing that style of football. They've been playing on it all year. Yeah, and it's why they're looking so good at the moment. Yeah. you know what I mean. So they they haven't had to adapt a hell of a lot where. I think with the talking to Ricky Henry this morning about the woman, you know what I mean, and he basically said winter's coming in real quick. Mate, it's like 
we want firm tracks. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. We 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 want a firm track. Aussies want a firm track. The English are going, come on, and you know what I mean? <laughs> Rain, hail, snowstorm, whatever. Re- make it worse. So not only do you get the pitch the way that it is, but if it settles in in the next three weeks and it gets a bit cold and wet. Mm. then it's interesting. We're going to take a, a break when we come back, Kempi. We'll talk through all of the quarterfinals, have a little bit of a preview of each. But just before we get to the break, something that I'll ask you, who, if you had to pick one right now as we head into the knockout stages, um, who's your sort of player of the tournament so far? Oh. Or do you need the break to think about it? Yeah, look, I don't think there really is a standout player. I don't think, you know, I think across the board when you're coming through those um, those earlier rounds, it's really hard to, to pick a, a standout because in each one of those games, there has been a player that's played pretty well. At O'Kahn, the first couple of weeks, you know, Jerome Hughes last week was the standout for me. Yep. Um, but you, if you look at even what Lebanon have done, they've had a couple of standouts. You know, you go to go to Wales, they've. I like the kid that can't get a. He's, he plays on the wing for Wales and he can't get a contract up there in Super League. You know, I think he'd be a great NRL player mm. if, if someone wanted to take a punt on him. His name's Evans, the kid Evans. Um, but yeah, I I think you don't get a player of the tournament until the next three weeks, yeah. quarters, semis, there, and, and final. There's got to be a few guys playing in these teams and these people, like players in PNG and stuff, who are who have a few NRL teams. You know, looking very curious. I text the mate. I text the mate up there because I've been watching New Guinea and I said, man, these guys, these guys, there's a there's a couple of them that should be playing in the NRL. And he said, every one of these players plays up here in the second division. Mm. You know, as passed from Olam, you know, yeah. the the boys that we actually know, yeah, but. I was going, mate, that front row, that hooker, they go right. He goes, yeah, yeah. they're trying, carving it up here in the championship. I'm going, they could actually step up to the next level, and that's the beauty of the World Cup. Most of those, most of those guys that were playing up there, if they've got a never if, get a show. Yeah. I think the ruling at the World Cup is you play one game, you actually can go over there and, and get a um, visa to stay in the country and play in the English competition. Okay. So you've got ev- there's three divisions over there. You have got every club over there looking at the World Cup yeah, players. They go, how do I how do I bring these players yeah. into the country? Licking the lips. All right, we'll take a small break. When we come back, um, a few ticks here on double eight double three. We'll also run through uh, the four quarterfinals this weekend. Back in a moment. Gull, fueling your mission all year round. Just like that. Have your say on the great game of rugby league. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. This is running it straight on SCNZ. Yeah, welcome back into Running It Straight here on ECNZ. A couple of texts come through on double eight double three. I'll put them to Kempi. First one comes from Pete. It says, uh, read the Kiwis goal-kicking. Uh, Kempi, are you saying that you would have picked a lesser player just for his goal-kicking ability, i.e. like Daryl Halligan in his day? <laughs> are you saying Daryl Halligan can't play? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just, you know, they lost the quarterfinal to Fiji 4-2. Um, I've been in a couple of test matches where kicking was a problem and we sh- we should have won those test matches. I think I think people don't put enough emphasis on how important the goal kicking is here. If you if you're scoring tries and and you've got guaranteed kickers like Nathan Cleary, um Latrell Mitchell that basically giving you 6 points every time you score them, it's not like going you're going um 4 points to 8 points to 12 points. Mm. You're going, you know, 6, 12, 18, 24 puts a game out of your, out of reach. Yeah, the one the ones that give me a win we've scored three tries we're on twelve points. Yeah. And you think we've only scored two. We've actually scored three with no conversions. It's yeah. Yeah. And I just think that, you know, that seventy percent that Jordan Lapana kicks at the moment, I don't think he's hitting seventy percent at the World Cup at the moment. Yeah. Mm, no. Um it would be a little bit of a concern. I know Jerome Hughes has hit a few goals for Melbourne. Dills Brown needs to hang his boots up. <laughs> um but yeah, I'm, look you come down against Australia and it comes into a real tight match and it comes down to a goal kick, you know. That's when I think that question is 
going to be answered. Kez was just asking if you were the goal kicker during some of those games that you mentioned. Mate, I was. I, I was third choice and I still missed. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> why I was third choice. So I remember a game in Rotorua. We lost 6-2 yeah. um, against the Australians here. We should have won it. We, we had the best field position. Des Hasler come on, scored a try late in the game. And um, if we had kicked our goals, like Kev Edor had a shocker that day. He was our first choice. Mm. He missed four. Um, I was second choice. I missed one before a guy called Phil Brankoff come on and he never misses and then he missed another, mate. And if we did got those, we'd win 12-6. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it's really important these days that you have a, it's, it's a recognised kicker that can kick over But 80%. it's funny how in rugby league it's not as focused on as, you know, say, union. Like, no, I mean, a couple of teams, I can think of a couple of teams in the NRL who have bona fide goal kickers who kick all the time. But a lot of them are just almost makeshift, aren't they? Like they're, they're kicking around that 70 to 80% where guys are up in the 85s, 90s. Look, you get to the tight games and you go back and watch the tight games in the NRL, they, when they get early early point opportunities, they take the two points. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's one, one of Wayne Bennett's traits. Any early points, when he run, did that run with the Celts when they went through the final and won it, any early points, Brennels went up and just kicked two points, you know, put them out four points. Scoreboard pressure, Just keeps putting the pressure on other, um, other teams. You know, I, I don't think we can do that. Uh, we've got a couple of minutes quickly. We have to get one way to break away, so I'll just squeeze in this text from Rory. Are you guys worried about the Kiwis' discipline? You can't give Aussie field position by giving away silly penalties. And there's a couple of players uh, now who they are that have a bit of niggle in their game. Oh, sorry, there are a couple of players we know who they are that have a, cu- a bit of niggle in their game. Yeah, look, I think that's a really good text, and I think that is. I think that's that leadership question. Do you know what I mean? They need to really narrow their thinking and get into the grind. They haven't really been in that... And that's the the only issue that I see for Australia coming into the semi final is that they haven't been really tested. Yeah, you know what I mean. So that could play on our hands. But you know, this game against Fiji, if it does become a grind, we really need to knuckle down. And you're dead right. You give penalties away there against Australia. What do you think, Nathan Cleary or Latrell Mitchell, going to do? They're going to take two points. Right, quick fire before we get to the break, Kempi. Uh, Australia Lebanon Saturday morning eight thirty. Give me a quick uh, prediction. Uh, I think I think we win. I don't, I don't think you know Australia Lebanon. Uh, sorry, oh, I think Aussie won it. Yep. I think Lebanon have a crack and score some points, but I think Aussie just, you know, they're too good. Yep. England, Papua New Guinea, Sunday morning? Oh, I think it's oh, tight. I think England get it, but I think it's tight. I think How big? 10 points? Uh, 13 plus. Okay, and uh, Sunday morning, Fiji, New Zealand? Yeah, I think we, I think we get there. I think it's the same 13 plus. Yep, and then uh, Monday morning, who are you picking as the big one? Uh, to be honest, yep. and I'll be really honest, I can't split them, but I'm going to go with Tonga because t- Tonga, I think, can win the tournament. They are looking very, very sharp. I'll go Samoa because, you know, I like to be different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can Maybe, never agree with and you, I th- And I think they've hit their straps the last two weeks. I think the best thing that happened to them was that they got tonked by England. Yeah, I don't think anyone can look at that England game and think that is the Samoa nah. team. Like, I think they've, they've, they've got proven, too much talent. Yeah, they've proven they're a lot better than that. Uh, we'll take one more quick break. Uh, there is a couple more messages here that I just want to get to after the break uh, before we hand over to the run home at 4 o'clock. Fueling your mission all year round. Just like that. Hard-hitting analysis of one of the greatest games on earth. We're talking rugby league. This is Running It Straight on SENZ. Yeah, Kimby's opened up a can of worms with uh, his goal-kicking uh, analogies there. Brad says, Tony Kemp kicking goals. This I have to see. Mate, South Queensland <laughs> crushes. I think I hit eight. Eight out of nine that day against Parramatta. What was your like? Um, you know, I know Beavers one was watch the ball follow through. What's your little uh, chant in your head before you run into kick the ball? <laughs> Don't screw this up, mate. I'm t- <laughs> no, what used to go in my head was I'm a terrible kicker. 
<laughs> I remember uh, Mook, I remember Mook's mate one game of playing the Warriors. Crush was playing the Warriors up at Lang Park, you know, the Broncos' home ground now. And I was lining up the kick when it was like 14 10 or something like that. And he's looking at me and go, They call me Mac. He goes, yeah. Mac. You can't kick. <laughs> back then you had sand and you put on the sand. And yeah, I, was, yeah, yeah. I started laughing because it was true, mate. I was terrible. <laughs> but I, for some reason when I was up at South Queensland, it must have been the heat or something, and I was hitting them all right. So, yeah, um, yeah no, there's a, there's a few there. Yeah. Drop goal was my go. That's the one, yeah. Uh, Brand, someone else has said Brandon Smith will probably do a better job than Dylan Brown. <laughs> maybe he will. And then last one from Pete says, maybe I was a little unfair on Daryl Halligan. He was a very good finisher, not blessed with outstanding pace, but obviously a great goal kicker. Yeah, goal kicker, yeah, probably was one of the best we've seen. Um, that's us for another week, Kempi. And I'll tell you what, next week we're going to have some semi-finalists and that is really And we're be... trying to get the famous Gary Schofield. Gary Schofield. We should get him on next week. That'll be an absolute laugh. I oh, 100%. I, I know you guys go Scully. back. Uh, Let's the, get him on. The run home's coming up at 4 o'clock. That is us for another Wednesday. We will be back next week. The Kiwis taking on Fiji. Sunday morning, 8.30. Spark Sport. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.